everyone. I lost my voice a little bit this weekend, so uh, I'm doing this ASMR style. We're looking at Acts chapter 9. Uh, begins with the conversion of Saul, which I'm sure you've heard many things about. Um, it's a very powerful story, but uh, one of the things that always surprised me now, um, and I learned this from uh, a great thinker named N.T. Wright, is how little Jesus actually shows Saul. Um, <clears throat> doesn't show him a whole bunch. Uh, what it's, he strikes him blind, and then uh, Saul asks, right, who are you? Uh, because he hears his voice, right? Why are you persecuting me? And Jesus says, I'm Jesus. Um, and one of the things that's really powerful with this is understanding that, you know, Saul was a uh, devoted um, dedicate to the Jewish law. You know, he read the Old Testament. He knew the Old Testament. He knew the things of God. He was also a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee and he believed in the resurrection, even though he didn't fully understand it. And we see here that the thing that changes everything for Saul is seeing that Jesus indeed has risen. You know, we say Christ is risen on Easter. He has risen indeed. Um, the power of that statement um, for Saul is that uh, everything is about to change. And notice that he's still called Saul here, and he's pretty soon going to be called Paul. But the uh, book of Acts doesn't tell us, right? He doesn't like suddenly say, I'm going to change the first letter of my name. Uh, but actually, what uh, we know is that Saul is um, the Jewish pronunciation of his name, and Paul is the Hellenistic, the Gr Greek uh, Roman pronunciation of his name. And that's going to become really important. Uh, but I think we often do also forget that um, in this uh, beginning of the chapter, we see two men who have faith, not just Saul who has faith, but this man named Ananias, the man who is going to be called to the one who is um, persecuting him. <clears throat> um, we see the uh, power of the Holy Spirit, the miraculousness of the Holy Spirit, but also um, we see that faith in that miraculousness means sometimes going to those who we don't think that we should go to, uh, who we think are going to kill us. Uh, but he goes and uh, Saul <clears throat> um, fully realizes and is baptized uh, by Ananias, which I think is awesome, right? <clears throat> you know, Paul's going to write 13 letters, but Ananias is the one who's going to baptize him. And then he goes, <clears throat> begins to preach. And, um, you know, we would think, uh, I think I, I think we would think, right, like if someone like Saul changed, then surely uh, the other Jewish leaders, they would hear him. Um, but no, they as well are confounded. And, you know, that's part of our evangelism, that we don't know who's going to come to Christ through whom. And we sometimes think we have the best plans, but we don't know. Uh, he also proves that Jesus was a Christ, and I love that word because, you know, we can, um, and, and if you're in our systematics, you know, we can prove that Jesus is the Christ. Now, the Jewish leaders, or the, the Christian Jewish leaders, though, um, they don't believe his character. So the Greeks didn't believe his message, and the the um, Jewish Christians didn't believe his character. And really the proof um, is not just in his message, but his proof is in um, his persecution. I think for a lot of us as well, you know, we wonder sometimes, do I really believe what I believe? And the reality is that one of the most efficient and probably the primary way that God um, affirms in us our belief is whether we stick out those beliefs in the face of persecution. And so if any of you are struggling and wondering, do I believe, then ask God for some persecution, you'll see. <clears throat> um, and notice that in the midst of all this persecution, uh, that the that the, the word the Bible uses in 31 is that the church had peace and was being built up. 
uh, <coughs> they're being attacked, but they are also um, in a time of peace. And uh, we see here Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. This is what Jesus said, that you would go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And here is when we begin to see that happening. Uh, the healing of Ananias, uh, one of the things that's really relevant about that is where it is. It is in Lydda. And Lydda is a city um, that is north of Jerusalem. So, you know, if we're headed towards this place that everybody doesn't like, which is Samaria and beyond, I think in America, right, if right now, a lot of people don't like Mexico, right? So we would be saying, you know, that they went from um, from Washington, D.C., or they went from, you know, L.A. to San Diego. Um, we're going in that direction. And then uh, we see Tabitha, and we're beginning to see, you know, what God is doing because he says, which translated means Dorcas. Um, and that translation is from Greek to Jew, to, uh, from from uh, Hebrew to Greek. Uh, <clears throat> so we're beginning to name people by their Greek names. And the thing is that uh, they're coming from Joppa. And it says since Lydda was near Joppa. Uh, and technically, yes, um, technically they are close. Uh, they're maybe about a four-hour journey, uh, about 11 miles. So, yeah, I guess it is close. But the thing is, Joppa is farther north. So we've gone from, you know, uh, from Jerusalem to, or we've gone from LA to San Diego to Mexicali, right? We're right, we're right there. <clears throat> um, and in this place, right, Peter performs, uh, he brings somebody back to life. Um, now, if you've been with us, um, this is a reference back to Jesus, yes, with, with, uh, with, Lazarus, but this is also referenced back to Elisha and Elijah, um, who bring people back to life, uh, and it is the start for them. It's one of the signals of a new revelation, a new ministry, and here again we see that, and then it even closes, he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, the Bible tells us is a tanner. Um, <clears throat> now, I've really been digging the NIV Cultural Background Study Bible. You can actually get it on Bible Gateway. Not a plug. I don't make money, but, uh, you know, um, verse 43, it says that tanners dealt with carcasses and thus with strong odors. They normally had to reside outside the walls of the city. Conservative Jewish priests would limit involvement with them since those in contact with carcasses were ritually impure. Like Gentiles, however, Jews were more often concerned with the odors. Later rabbis even ruled that tanners' wives should be permitted to divorce them because of the odors associated with tanning. This is the kind of person that Peter is going to go to. This is the kind of people that the Holy Spirit is sending them to. That the expansion of the church, and even for all of us that say, I want the church to grow. But most of us need to confront our own discrimination. It says, I want the church to grow, but only amongst these kind of people, people like me. And the Holy Spirit don't work that way. He's going to grow the church. He's going to grow the church with people that are different and that are the ones that we think don't want to come to church or shouldn't come to church. And God's going to send us there. And I hope that today God sends you to some people like that.